I am ready to go. Shall we do the remember how to do this clap thing? It's been a while. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that's what um non-gonococcal is, the clap. Ah. Uh, From Good Man in Africa, it's the clap. <laughs> non-gonococcal. Yeah, he's got the clap. All right, ready? <laughs> ready. One, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four. There we go. There we go. All right. Mario Lima. Dylan Titus? Is that you? It is me. It's me. It's been a little while, but for the listeners, it's been a week. <laughs> Isn't that funny how time... Yeah, like, let's let's pull back the curtain, shall we? Let's, for, let's uh, dive into the for, So this is my... This dive is my, into a curtain. Dive into a curtain. This is my first uh, Connery Curious as a married man? Welcome, Mr. Mario Lima. Mr. Mario Lima. He's now Mr. Mario Lima. I, I decided to keep my last name. <laughs> for... And his first name. <laughs> and my first name. And the and Mr. Yeah. <laughs> Changed his middle name, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He took on eight middle names. Well, there were, I'll, I'll tell you a little funny joke. So, Alicia's my lovely wife. Uh, her uh, stepfather's last name is Lopez. And so we had a joke going because her name her her name is D- Dumas Dumas, and so I was like I don't want to be Mario Dumas because that was a thing where I was like do you want to like have it be like you know Mario Dumas Lima, and we joked around saying, you know oh you could go on the other side too and just take the Lopez name and I said there can only be one Mario, Mario Lopez, Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that I don't want to get confused with the Mario Lopez. Yeah, you don't. He's you. You don't want to have a sexier Mario Lopez than already exists. It's not. It's just not right. The world wouldn't know how to handle it. And that it's like imagine I. My life is already fucking ruined with my first name because everyone's like, "Oh, where's your brother Luigi?" <laughs> Did I ever make that joke with you? I don't think so. But... I hope I never made that joke. With I don't you. know. Maybe... I definitely wouldn't have done that the first day we met. I'm pretty sure I was remarking at your Rush T-shirt. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure our professor, uh, our professors definitely made that joke. Everyone's like, "Wahoo! It's a Mario!" or "It's all the time." But yeah, so imagine that. Imagine having the Mario joke, but on top of that, you're adding the freaking Mario Lopez joke on top of that, where I'm gonna get like freaking Saved by the Bell quotes all the time. That's exhausting. My life was already exhausting. Well, in reference to that. Uh, one of the pages we've subscribed to on social media is a film called The Other Fellow. Have you been right. seeing that yeah, as well? Yeah, it's a documentary about it. other people in the world named James Bond and the torture that is their lives <laughs> or the or the pleasantry that is their lives. Yeah, we need to watch that. And I think maybe we should do that as a bonus episode. Watch it and review it. Yeah, why not? That'd be a, that'd be a fun one. Yeah, cause I've been wanting to see it because I've been seeing it like again. I've been seeing it everywhere. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. So, hell yeah. It's it's, I think, five bucks to rent on online. Yeah, that's te- ma- Come over, we'll make a day out of it. That's terrible to do this to somebody. James Bond. Unless your parent is just, is it, is, so your parent is either a super fan 
or not even aware. Mm. They have to be aware. They have to be. Yeah. Because, like, there's no other... Like, it's one thing to be, like, you know, Thomas Cruz or, like, I don't know. It's just too obvious of a name. It's, it's like... It's like naming your kid Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody's got Skywalker as a last name, but Bond is a feasible last name. Like, yeah. So imagine like Brian and Sally Bond yeah. give or, birth to or, their or, son. Or Samantha Bond, who played Money Penny in the Pierce exactly, Brosnan film. Exactly, exactly. Well, I bet her father's or grandfather's name was James. Sure. You know, probably wasn't. Yeah. There must have been a James in her family somewhere. Yeah, it's and it's kind of like, you know... It, and for for Rhode Islander listeners, uh, local channel twelve, I think, or channel ten, Mario Hilario, great name. Where that was like that, the the, the parents were must have been flocking with him. They're like, he this. wasn't he wasn't as funny as I thought he was. But, but, but it was gonna be. Excuse me. <laughs> it's very Hilario, but like, yeah, it's just it's very cruel. So. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. I think we should make a movie for Mario's too. I want to be in that documentary. Well, I think Mario Lima is a great name, and I'm glad you stuck with it. Well, thank you. If you could change your name, first and last name, what would you change it to? I wouldn't. Wouldn't do I it. I love my first and last name. If there's one thing that both my parents did absolutely perfectly together, it was name me. It's. it's, it's I it's, like. Like my name a lot. It's my. It's yeah. It's it's it's, it's some some would say it's more contagious than the common cold, the Dylan Titus. That is a very common joke that a lot of people have made, and I'm totally fine with it because <laughs> I would love to be your infectious disease. <laughs> you know. Oh man. Oh. Uh, and I did not mean that to toot my own horn, but I like my name. I'm I. It is one of the few things where I'm like, that's, you got that. You like when, when my depression hits me hard and be like, you're such a piece of shit, Dylan. And you're like, well, <laughs> your name's still Dylan Titus. <laughs> it's still pretty good. It's still pretty, <laughs> it's cool. pretty good. Like 10 letters. It's pretty uh, perfect. Like, oh. so. yeah, can I do Envy? Because like me with Friggin' Nerds Media, which is the, I guess, parent company i don't know yeah. parent podcast it's the it's the mother, the of mother. The podcast um you know that in the gaming world it's always tough for my name because like originally cause when i stream i stream under my gamer tag that i've had for years uh tactical panda 007 which i've had forever yeah. uh but like yeah i could I, I always envy people who have their own name as their like screen tag or whatever because my name is always going to be you know associated with gaming it's mario mm. super mario for everything so i always if i were to change my name i would like something very basic like frank or bob or bill because i always envy the people who are like they'll have those fun names like 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 it's an example william december williams like like something cool like that like something cool like like a cool like you know it's like like broadway joe Broadway Joe, like Joe. That's your whole name. My like, first name is Broadway. My last name is Joe. Yeah, what a cool like nickname. Like 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 Slick Steve, <laughs> or 
Stink finger stands. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know why. Or, <laughs> or like, or like, or like Tiny Tim, but it's funny because he's oh, not. No. Because he's, but he's not tiny, and because he's got a huge dick. Yeah, that's always that's always fun. And he saved, and he, and God bless Tiny Tim. God bless everyone. That's what all the ladies say, right? But anyway, speak, speaking of Christmas, what are we doing Welcome today? to Connery Curious. <laughs> Connery Curious. <laughs> the okay. podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Connery Curious, folks. The podcast where Mario and I dick around for a little bit and then eventually get into the filmography of Sir Sean Connery. Yes. You may have gathered that from the theme song. Hopefully. But man, yeah, it's uh, we got a fun one for sure. I'm really excited about talking about this film because I this think this is a great one. I think we've been we've been we've been kind of cranking out some good ones, man. I feel like this is this is a really good one, and yeah. we're kind of concerned about like the quality of some of these films. And this well, is, I thought this was fantastic. Yeah, let's get into the business of it all. As you said, you're back from your wedding and honeymoon. Yes, it's been a little bit since we've. Uh, gotten Connery curious with each other here yes. and now we're back in it and today's film is 1970's The Molly Maguires mm. now uh, short backstory uh, behind the scenes here we were going to have a guest for this episode unfortunately um, circumstances and it's just Mario and I today uh, we will have that guest back on for another film in the future um, and on that subject, our list of films here is starting to become a little populated with guests mm-hmm. that want to join us. We've got some, uh, I'm not going to give any names yet, but we've got at least, at least nine guests lined up mm-hmm. for, for different films and, uh, hoping to get some more here. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. And you and you could be number ten because uh, we'll also mention on our socials we did post up a sort of call to arms here of like yeah, if you guys wanna action. if you guys wanna join us and be a guest on the show pick a Connery film we have we'll, we'll probably have to put up a list of like what's available on like well uh, the the best way to go about it I'd say is just look up Sean Connery's filmography and then compare side to side with the episodes that we've already done and just process of elimination. Mm. So, and uh, yeah, if pick one that you think you could really carry a conversation on about and send us a message and uh, we'll give you a consideration for a, you know, guest spot on this show. There we go. But Indeed. until then, shall we talk about, Molly Maguire's. I think we should talk about the Molly Maguire's, Mario. Should we? Uh, I th- oh, you know what? You know what? I think we should talk about the Toby Maguire's. Toby Maguire's. Yeah. And the Mark Maguire's. And exactly. And the Jerry Maguire's. Yes. All the Maguire's. Uh, yeah. Get them all in one. <laughs> and uh, welcome to M- Maguire Curious. Yeah, Maguiring. Maguiring. <clears throat> Um, inquiring about Maguire. Ooh, I like that one. Inquiring about. Ooh, the Maguire inquiry. That's better. Yeah, that Ooh. sounds like like an old spy film. I like that. 
The, uh, that actually, that sounds like a film that Connery would be in. <laughs> the Maguire Inquiry. Yes, in the 1972, probably. Circa 19. The Titchborn Claimant. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get through, like, let's... First, we'll go the a little, like, non, little non-spoilery, like, let's get our first kind of thoughts, then we'll dive into the plot here. Mm, mm. Uh, so how, how about you start the, it up? Um, real quick, I'm just going to pull up the IMDb. Um, I also have here, and I also have the Rotten Tomatoes as well. Awesome. Be just because the, I'm looking, we usually go by the wiki plot, mm. but it is uh, quite long. So, and the storyline for the IMDb page is much shorter. Let's go with that. Let's, let's, I'll just read that. How about that? Perfect. So, The Molly Maguires, 1970, directed by Martin Ritt, starring Sean Connery, Richard Harris, and Samantha Egger. Life is rough in the coal mines of 1876 Pennsylvania. A secret group of Irish immigrant miners known as the Molly Maguires fights against the cruelty of the mining company with sabotage and murder. A detective, also an Irish immigrant, is hired to infiltrate the group and report on its members. But on which side do his sympathies lie? That's a much better synopsis. I like that. Mm. Oh. So I have Rotten Tomatoes here. Um, as of today, the tomato meter gives it a rocking 90% uh, and an audience score of 62%. That audience is wrong. Yeah. This that, is... The, the critic score is correct. Can I, you know what? I'm just going to give a quick spoiler right now. My film rating is a 9 out of 10. We're, pro- we're probably on the same page there, honestly. Yeah. Um, Sorry to jump so far ahead, but just you said you said that the Rotten Tomatoes is ninety yeah. for critics for critic score. That's correct for me. So this film is a nine out of ten. This is a great film. Same here. Well, guys, thanks for listening this week. This has been all right. <laughs> I guess we're done. Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I thought this film was great. <laughs> And I know we talk a lot on the show about the, you know, I, I think we agree our part, one of our favorite films so far we covered was Man Who Would Be King. Mm. And we loved Connery and Kane. Uh, but man, I'm for Connery and Harris. So am I. Like, yes. man, yep. this, this was. This is comparable to The Man Who Would Be King. Yeah, this was insane. Um, this was like Richard Harris, like I was talking about this in the friggin' nerds community because uh, we do talk a lot of Harry Potter and mm. Richard Harris, who, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion, the better Dumbledore. First Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, the first Dumbledore and the better. Um, but yeah, I've never thought of we, we've crossed a lot of paths, a lot of Potter uh, actors in these films. Uh, but yeah, I've never seen anything of Richard Harris um, other than, than that. So. Uh, this was brilliant. I thought he was fantastic in this. And it's funny because I think I have my notes. Uh, we see Connery in glimpses, but it feels like Harris's movie for like the first it, half hour to 40 minutes. I have in my notes. Yeah, he's our entryway into the movie. He it, is our main character, but it's to introduce us to a bigger character. Yeah, And I feel like it's kind of in not... Not directly comparable, but in the way that um, Willard 
is our main character for Apocalypse Now, but it's all to get us to Kurtz. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a good comparison for sure. It, it Harris is our main character in this, but it's to get us to Connery. Mm. Yeah, because I think I, I wrote in my notes here, uh, the very first line Connery speaks is at 40 minutes and 26 seconds. I have that as well. Yeah. Forty twenty-three. That's what I have. Oh, yeah, Forty twenty-three. Uh, so I think we were off by three seconds. I don't. One of us. We'll meet in the middle. It's probably. It's probably in the middle. Yeah. That's his first line. I didn't write his first line. Did you write his first line? I didn't write it, but it was very, it was very quick. Line. I should have written it down. But he's just talking to the priest real quick, and it's not even an, a consequential line. It's just. It like was a like. It was like. L- shall we go or something like that? It was like yeah. something very simple like that. But shall go? Shall go? Shall we go? Um, shall I go? Shall we go? Okay, let's, Molly let's, Maguire's to a mine we go. <laughs> let's let's jump around. We, we we have our segments here. Let's since we're on the uh, the, the thought of him talking, yes. his his voice uh, really I uh, really leaned into some Irish. Yes, and which was uh, interesting. He didn't really h the s all that much. Yeah, and it was very, and he had that Irish twang. Do you call it a twang? Um, yeah, it was a but, lilt, lilt. Yeah, so like still, yeah. still very Connery, very young Connery, very mm-hmm. from Russia with love Connery. Well, this was um, right before Diamonds, so he wasn't that young. Which is hilarious because he looks so good. He looks great in this film. He, that he, mustache suits him. Yeah, like he looks super young. That's why. That's why, my man. We always talk about like, I know we compare Bond a lot, but man, it's like. He looks so much younger in this than he did in Diamonds. Mm. Same. And like, oh man, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about my favorite scene later on. Uh, but yeah, he just like, super athletic and super like quick. And yeah, I was I was really pleased with his look and the way he sounded. And he seemed we talk about this a lot. He seemed very happy to be there. Yes, definitely. And like one second. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, just super happy to be there, and which again we talked about that in Man Who Would Be King. He was very happy to be there, and it seemed like, you know, if this is before Diamonds, and yeah, he must be like this is when he thought he was free. He's like, all right, I'm done with James Bond. I can do something else, and then obviously he comes back to Diamonds afterwards. Uh, but there's that like really great twinkle in his eye, and just looks happy to be there. And I want to I want to see more of this Connery for sure. Yes, this is a Connery that is committed to the role, the clearly passionate about this is a this is a film about uh oppressed people fighting back and that clearly uh resonates with him. Mm. And he's phenomenal in this. Every, everybody is phenomenal in this. There's not a bad actor in this. Yeah, honestly, everyone everyone from freaking uh Art Lund playing Frazier. He was great. Uh Frank Finlay as the um the police captain or whatever. Like the, everyone was fantastic. And I wanted to spend more time with a lot of those characters. Like we I feel like we didn't we, we, we got a good amount of them, but like obviously the center is Richard Harris and Connery as mm. James and Jack. Um but yeah, this there was no like I I didn't, I didn't see myself rolling my eyes at anything. Everything was just like great for a, for a film that came out in 70 or 71 70 uh, there were a couple of things i rolled my eyes at um we'll get into them mm. but nothing that brought the film down as a whole 
Oh, yeah. Just... Uh, I mean, sort of. You know, there's things keeping it from being a 10, and we'll get into those. Yeah. But, but that doesn't stop me from really, really loving this film. This was a really damn good film. Hell yeah. Now we get into the plot? Let's get into it. So, um... Let me pull up my Notely Maguires. Yeah, so I guess, all right, the wiki plot is pretty long, but maybe we'll just use it as a skeleton to build around. Sure. Okay. Uh, the film begins in a coal mine in Pennsylvania in 1876. Coal is still dug by hand and taken out on rails in wagons pulled by ponies. Pit props are improvised with timber. Conditions are always dirty, often cramped, and generally unhealthy. Miners are shown with naked flames on their hats as their only light source. I, ha- I had Men a are- note about that. I said, uh, your hatch on fire. Because I literally thought, like, I- I've never seen a headlamp like that. And that was, like, super fascinating to me. <laughs> they literally have giant flames on their heads. Yes, fire hats was a note of mine. And I, and I love um, the, the very artsy I felt, where it's like I love the scenes of, like, them on the cart going back up to the surface and you could everything's dark but you still see the flames and it's like i thought that mm. was a really cool choice spooky. yeah like cool little choice of artsy there well let's get into uh a little bit of the behind the scenes here james wong howe was the cinematographer on this film that guy this gentleman excuse me this gentleman is the MVP of this movie. This movie is the most beautiful film we've watched thus far, visually. That opening shot goes for 2 minutes and 31 seconds, as I tracked, but I probably tracked it incorrectly. I'll have to try it again. But either way, two and a half minutes of a shot. It goes from a shot of the sun, and then all of a sudden, the... the camera pulls back and the building begins to creep in. And I use that phrasing intentionally because it looks as if the building itself is moving into the frame, you know, Mm. rather than the camera is moving back to reveal a building. It looks like the building is moving forward to reveal itself to the camera. Mm. It's phenomenally shot and it just tracks this massive mill. And then, all the way to the top of it and then all the way back down to the cart coming up and and then all the way down into the mine itself and it ends with this shot of the vibrating wire that pulls the cart up and down and what an absolutely gorgeous shot and then we're into the mine and it is it's dark and it's it's incredibly well shot. Those sets are incredible. I wondered if they... I gotta... Hold on. Did they really shoot oh. in a mine? Uh, the majority of the location filming occurred in northeastern Pennsylvania in 69. The town of Eckley was so unchanged from its 1870s appearance that the only major alterations needed for filming were to remove television antennas and install underground electric wiring. Wow. A wooden coal breaker, which was built as a prop and is featured extensively in the film partially stands to this day. The movie resulted in the town's being saved from demolition. It was an af- it was afterward converted into a mining museum under the control of the Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission. Portions of the film were also shot in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. 
the courtroom where the trial scene was filmed is in the Carbon County Courthouse, used for its trials until 1996. Rail- railroad scenes were filmed on the now defunct Carroll and Park, Carroll Park and Western Railroad in Bloomsburg. So it was all shot on location in Pennsylvania. Way. Yeah. And hi, Alicia. Oh. Hi, hi, Mrs. Lima. Oh, Mrs. Lima. Congratulations on. Oh, can she not hear me? Just congratulations. Can oh, you thank you. Congratulations, Mrs. Lima. Your ceremony was fantastic. Thanks, Thanks for live streaming it. it. Yeah, it was great. You guys both looked incredible. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's like an older guy. Oh, really? He's like, punch. Connery catering here. Thank you. Connery catering. Bye, Alicia. There we go. Oh, yes. I let it cool. Anyways, sorry, what were you saying? All right. Uh, well, we can take a break if you want to eat. Oh no, it's all right. I had a cool. It's got to cool off anyway. So, fair enough. All right. So, uh, yeah, that the opening shot is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Um, it is one of the most well shot uh, things we've we've seen in any of the films. A lot. A lot. Of, do we have a budget for this film? Yes, the budget was eleven million dollars, and it only brought in two point two million. Oh my what? god! How is that? Like, that's not right. Yeah, seriously, it's like there was like kind of jumping around, but like this, like that train scene of them like blowing up the carts, and I was kind of like, wow, they're like putting some budget into this because I, I thought they were gonna blow the actual train up. Um. No, I like that they didn't. Yeah, because that would have been too much. Not, yeah, that would have been taking innocent lives. Yeah. Like, uh, the lives they take, because they, there's a discussion on whether to kill somebody or not, and it's a, over that person's morals. But somebody just driving a train, that's just somebody's job. Yeah. You know? So blow up the middle of the train. But yeah, by, by like the... That style that was very shocking. That 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 that's how big the budget was. They're like, yeah, let's blow up a train car, you know. Mm. And this, it was insane. But like, they yeah, blow up a lot in this movie. There's yeah, that well, okay. So to finish this first paragraph, men are shown planting charges. This appears to be work related, but all men leave the mine, and the resultant explosion destroys the mine. And so we start right off with a big explosion. So we don't see Sean Connery until three minutes and 56 seconds in. And as you said, he doesn't say a word until 40 minutes and 20-ish seconds in there. Um, So a couple of my thoughts. This must have been really scary to film. Mm. Those shots in the mine must have been... It must have been dirty and, and hot or cold, or I can't imagine, but it must have been so uncomfortable on those sets. Uh, and then thinking in the reality of the the film itself, what if somebody has to poop? Yeah, where do you poop? Do you have to like dig a hole or something? Yeah, I can imagine. You know, peeing is easy. You just pee, like you know, on a slope away from people. But anyway, that's uh. Delightful conversation. And also, I, I recently watched... Um, I have a lot of notes about the intro here. Um, all before the main credits. 
Uh, I recently watched the original My Bloody Valentine, and this would be good to cut, cross-cut those. So you've got the killer from My Bloody Valentine showing up as they're doing work. <laughs> um, and okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wipe out all my notes here. I'm sorry to, to like dominate this part of the conversation, but I'm just gonna wipe out all my notes here before we even get to the credits. Get it. I hope somebody used that mine uh, cart that goes up and down as a roller coaster. So yes, uh, they should have used that mine cart as a roller coaster at least once, just to blow off some steam, if nothing else. <laughs> blow off um, some steam. When I think of blowing off some steam, let's go on a fucking roller coaster. <laughs> why not? I hate roller coasters. I, I did. Yeah, a, we did a couple. Well, we're funny. We're off off air. We we're talking about the mummy. I did the mummy roller coaster. How was it? Terrifying for me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just like I'm just not big on. I don't like heights. It's an indoor roller coaster. That's that's fine. Because last time I was at Disney, I did the um, Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster, Ooh, and that's that? and that's also inside. Now it's fine. It's like it's dark, so like I just I don't like going upside down and shit. But it's cool because Aerosmith music playing in the background. But like they did the Mummy one. And that one was just like it violently drops you. There's a lot of violent turns, and I was just like, it, it was just terrifying. But it was strange that the Aerosmith one, all they were playing was Seasons of Wither, <laughs> like the <laughs> most low key Aerosmith track. Seasons of Wither. He's like, this roller coaster is really fast and intense, but I don't understand the music choice. <laughs> I would I would have went for I don't I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> at least that one's about like an Armageddon. At least that's like we're going to space. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, roller coasters. It's for some people, but not for me. Like, it's, it's the first thirty seconds of Mama Kin, and then when it comes when it like the riff starts over again, you're like, oh, is the roller coaster over? <laughs> and then it just starts up again. Anyway. Um. Okay, so yeah, I hope they use that as a roller coaster at some point. Missed opportunity if they didn't. Um. They should. Uh, <laughs> we should make a Sean. Sorry, we should make a Sean Connery themed amusement park. I'll do it in in Bricklink. Yes, and then we <laughs> yeah make we can make a Molly Maguire's roller coaster, like Molly Maguire's uh minecart exploration or something. Oh like that. my god. And then you could make like a, what would a Bond attraction be? Like a bumper cars, but it's like just Bond cars or something. Um, well, you'd get uh, the monorails around the the theme park. Oh, you can get to the monorails. Um, uh, uh, volcano stunt show. Volcano stunt show. You could do, um, you could do the, uh. Octopussy's Flying Circus. Hmm. As like a kid's ride. like Pussy Galores. Yeah. You said Octopussies. Oh, yeah. Pussy's, <laughs> Pussy Galores. That'd be a great crossover. Are they both flying circuses? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aren't they both? Yeah. The other one's like, yeah, they did like hot air balloons and stuff, right? Hold on. Are they both? Fl- are, there, are there two p- Pussy's Flying Circuses? Wait, I just had a breakthrough right here. Pussy Galore's Flying Circus. But what's Octopussies? It's just a regular circus, isn't it? (laughs) 
It's like a traveling circus. That's where we get clown bond. Octopus, these international circus. Oh. Yeah. One's flying, one's international. Though, to be to get international, you often have to fly. Mm. So. I would also make a, a, a Avengers uh, do the... Um, do that the the fun house scene. It's like a walkthrough yeah, attraction. Yeah, you see all the and weather orbs. Just people and stuff. just get lost and die in there. Yeah, it doesn't. You can't actually get out. There we go. <laughs> yeah, let's kill people we're, in we're, our theme park. We're, we're, it'd be like we'd be like Willy Wonka Factory. We'd be great. I think I think we do just, this. It eventually whittles down to one room that nobody can get out of, and it's just <laughs> like people keep going in. Oh, this ride looks great. Yeah, the exit must be on the other side. <laughs> but nobody ever comes out. Oh, and and the quick service food restaurant they have there will be like King Arthur, Arthur's Court, and Ooh. one and one of the menu items is like uh, I got a roast in the oven. It's a roast with, <laughs> with potatoes, just based off this podcast. Yes, we should do a Connery Curious <laughs> amusement park. Anyways, yeah. there must be an app that we can like. Uh, what like a uh, roller coaster tycoon or something? Yeah, we can make this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Minecraft, not Minecraft. What's the the ki- these the kids these days play the Minecraft and the uh, and the you Roblox. know what we're talking about the kids out there. The, the kids, the kids, the kids. It's our, it's our demographic. The kids love yeah. Sean Connery movies, especially given the warning at the beginning of each episode. Yeah, <laughs> they love the this podcast. They love it. So. But anyways, I'm sorry I told took us to a really weird path, but no, it's okay. Yes, uh, a Connery. The, uh, or at least a Bond amusement park. A great episode of James Bonding there, too. Yeah. talking about a Bond theme park. That'd be so much fun. Uh, my next in- note for the intro is blackface. All these white actors are in blackface. Does that hold up? <laughs> I mean, it's not, a, it's not intentional, though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this I got you there. Is, is that is that why there's so many negative reviews? Oh, seeing Sean Connery in blackface is upsetting. Nobody finished this movie because they were offended by the first ten minutes of the movie. Like these, all these, all these English and Scottish actors are in blackface. I don't like it. But they're, uh, but, they're, but, they're but they're but they're coal miners. No. No, uh, it, sounds, it sounds like racist coal miners to me. <laughs> it looks racist to me. Don't you don't know. see any uh, African American coal miners down there, do you? <laughs> Just children. Children. <laughs> anyway, um, so that, that was just a note I wrote humorously. <laughs> I wanted to see how long you it would t- it would take you to realize that I was joking. So thank you. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Never know with you, Dylan. You're pretty dumb. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then I wrote again that James Wong Howe, holy cow, his work is just phenomenal. He's the M- MVP of this film. Every, just every single... That shot where the the mollies are coming out of the mine after they've planted the charges, and it's just that long tracking shot backwards as they're walking out of the mine going their separate directions so uh, like you're you're waiting for the cliche 
explosion in the background like walking away from the i'm like when's it gonna happen they, it doesn't they let you hang and then they wait till they get like clo- a, a new shot comes in yeah and i'm like wow i was like that was really cool but like i, I respect like if, if they remade this movie like, i thought about a remake uh, some, some fan casting which we could talk about later um but be like hugh jackman walking away from the explosion in x-men origins yeah Wolverine. yeah <laughs> and so like yeah, today's standards that would have i would have been a shot but like yeah i, I liked how that was and like, and we'll talk about the the music. I love the music in this movie. Oh, that was literally my next note. Henry Mancini, heart. Yeah, great that was music. my next note. But I like how they use the silence there. Like the, mm. they use silence in a good way in some of these like scenes. But like I like mm. that where like that really gives you the like you're thinking. What they do down there? Why are they the last ones here? Well, you knew they here? were planting charges. Yeah, yeah. You, like you were just hanging, waiting. Yeah, you're for like, like, yeah, well, yeah, it's like, gonna happen. Yeah, it's like, gonna when's, happen. like when's it, how big is the explosion gonna be? Is it gonna be not seen? Like what's gonna happen? And pretty damn big when and, it does happen. Yeah, it's like insane. I I love that. I love that a lot. <clears throat> I wonder if they just blew up a model, but either way, it's it's a big explosion and it's impressive and it's it's so big that the credits go over it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I like that that credit sequence. Second credit sequence to which we've had fire, right? Uh, first night. True. Yeah. yeah. Also in uh, Men in Tights, <laughs> the opening gag is that <laughs> like, would stop burning our houses down for your opening credit sequence. <laughs> and the last one, I, like it, the arrows land on the roof, and it's directed by Mel Brooks, and the whole town's like, "Fuck you, Mel Brooks." <laughs> I love that movie, man. It's a good one. It's one of his lesser ones for sure, but it's, it's a good one. It's huge in me. To me, um, I always, I always quote the Dom DeLuise of him as like oh, the, the Godfather. Godfather it's yeah. like finally, Mick Camelot and Jersey can can <laughs> be as one. <laughs> yeah, he's great in that. Oh, so good. <laughs> love man. Uh, Dom DeLuise is always great. Um. Okay, um, where are we going here? All right, let's uh, continue down. Okay, we're going down the Wikipedia synopsis still. Pinkerton, so that's Pinkerton's detective service, I'm guessing, sends James McParlane, who is a real person, uh, played by Richard Harris. Art, Uh, loved him. I also have that note, Richard Harris Hart, um, to investigate to investigate he arrives by train in the late evening and goes to a local bar and orders a beer while kehoe sean connery observes and motions for doherty and fraser frazier to deal with the matter i my next note is we should combine all the train scenes (laughs) in all these connery films so many trains yeah we should so this we should sync this up with the man who would be king and you know, a- anything else that involves a train. Uh, <clears throat> McParlane joins Doherty and Fraser at a card table and says he is looking for work in the mine. They are suspicious and see his hands have never dug coal. They accuse him of cheating and deliberately start a fight. Police Captain Davies, Frank Finlay, breaks up the fight and arrests McParlane. However, this is just a ploy as the police know McParlane's role. Davies explains to McParlane the problem of the Molly Maguires and that they are named after a gang in Ireland. They need to they need an inside man to infiltrate the pit. 
Um, okay. Uh, do you have any notes thus far uh, that you'd like to talk about? Um, let's see. A lot of stuff about the mines. Just I, I like we're the, in the bar at this. Yeah. Point. So let's see. Um, I I, th- I think I I put in. Here we go. I love the aesthetic of the bar. I just love how uh, mm, how like how, how simple it was, and like I, I enjoyed. Could we could we go back to this bar a lot in the movie? Uh, so I, I, I like the it's their it's their cantina. You know what I mean? It's just very all the all the ruffians in there. I really really enjoyed. And uh, yeah, I just love Connery's acting, just being quiet, like you know, just him observing and stuff. He has mm. a, he has that presence that was really into and I, I thought that was really cool um yeah and i'm i'm I, and james mcparlin so far richard harris is like super charming in this in this movie so even even trying to like you know weasel his way out of that fight you know it's just like calm cool and collected for the most part mm-hmm. and yeah I, I really i really like him so far in this and it will get more into like we'll get to know him a little more in the next few scenes but like yeah he's i, I love him so much and uh, in that scene, we have another Bond alumni with Anthony Zerby, who would be in License to Kill. Yes. Um, uh, my next note is, I'm going to share my screen with you. And this is uh, an actor named Anthony Costello, sitting here with Connery in the bar. Uh, I'm ca- I keep calling him Young Ben Affleck. Oh my God! Yeah, right. Uh, and on that subject, doesn't Richard Harris look like Pedro Pascal in this film? Wow, <clears throat> I didn't make or, that. Or, or vice versa, that Pedro <clears throat> Pascal looks like Richard Harris. Well, funny about his. Uh, we I talked earlier about like if they ever re, re, remade this, and uh, very ironically, him Richard Harris as a as Dumbledore. Um, the actor portraying Dumbledore in the Fantastic Beast series, Jude Law. Jude Law. I got Jude Law vibes from him in this movie. Mm. Even even his accent, like like he was obviously uh, Jude Law was obviously basing his character, <clears throat> excuse me, on Michael Gambon, mm. his version of Dumbledore. But like, I don't know. He gives me that vibe of Richard Harris now after seeing him. Because again, this is my first Richard Harris movie outside of Harry Potter. So, uh, but seeing his performance, I'm like, oh wow, that really is kind of reminiscent. So I, I, I wonder if Jude Law took some inspiration from Richard Harris a little bit. Do you know who I would recast in the Richard Harris role if this was remade? Do Pattinson. Really? Yeah. Yeah, after the lighthouse or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah Have I you seen the lighthouse? I haven't seen it, but I want to. Last Pattinson film I saw was the Batman, which he was phenomenal. Fan- at. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I could see that. Who who would you cast uh, as Connery's character? Hmm. I would lean towards um, get his name. Uh, Luke Evans. Possibly. Yeah. Who's been apparently in the consideration or was for Bond. Uh speaking. Yeah, Luke Evans, like he's he's phenomenal. I could I could see him. Um 
I feel like if this movie would have been made 20 years ago, it would have been Daniel Day-Lewis in either in either lead role. Mm. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. Um so uh my next note on that is after um <coughs> Gesundheit. Um after Captain Davies hits Richard Harris on the head. He hits him pretty darn hard. And then Richard Harris lays down on a bed. But his back is on the pillow and his head is on the bed frame. Yeah, that bothered me too. <laughs> like, you have a head injury. Lie on the pillow. He gets so many head injuries in this movie. Like, what good of a detective is he going to be if he's got all these concussions? Anyway, <laughs> we need you. You're, you're a detective. Your job is to take in information and pass that along. Uh, let's just keep damaging your information center. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, all right. So from there, McParland rents a room from Mary Rains and gives his name as McKenna. He goes into the pit to ask for a job and is told to come back at 5 o'clock in the morning. My note there the is day. easiest job interview ever. Right? He walks in and like, I'm looking for work. Okay. You got it. You start tomorrow. it's basically slave labor. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, back at the house, he befriends Mary's father. Okay, um, Miss Mary, I, I, Rains. Lo- I love them together. That was like yes. very co- cozy. Them playing dominoes together, I love that. Yes, he the relationship between he and and Mister and Dan Rains is his name. Um, yeah, really, um, really sweet relationship there, and especially with. Kehoe as well because mm. when he comes in he's actually very kind to him until he kicks him out of the room but but still very kind <laughs> and we'll him. talk about later the end too like where that gets very touching Oof, the and, funeral yeah yeah um uh well on a more positive note then samantha egger as uh miss mary reigns she, she's great in this I think she's one of the most beautiful actresses. Mm. And she's genuinely an incredible actress in this film. And the only thing I'd ever seen her in was The Brood. And she's as good in that, too. Have you ever seen The Brood? I've never, no. She's great in The Brood. She's not in it all that much, but she's great. <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen her in much else. Um, but, oh, is she? Oh, I didn't even know she was in Hercules. Plays Hera, the 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 cartoon, the uh, the famous huh. Disney cartoon. Yes, Hera. Oh wow, Which that's is, the mother, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, look at that. Uh, hmm. We're making making a lot, a lot of Disney connections. <laughs> Talking Doctor, about the sixty-seven Doctor Doolittle. Huh. Lecter. Yes, that seems to be her most famous role. And she was in Everything or Nothing, the James Bond video game? Really? As additional voices. It's exactly what. Huh. And she's the voice of M in 007 Nightfire? What? What? Okay, well, then we need to play that. Yeah. Jeez. 
Wow, that's cool. That's insane. I love that. Bond, we, we always find a Bond connection. Yeah, huh? Always. Wow, that's Look so cool. Look at that. Yeah. 007 Nightfire. That's my favorite Bond game. Is it really? Oh, I've never played it. Oh, you'll you'll love it. It's it, it's it, it's Pierce Brosnan, but it's not. It's modeled. And it's, Willem it, Dafoe, right? No, that's everything or nothing. Okay. Because with Nightfire, they used his likeness. Because I remember it came out right right before Die Another Day came came out. I remember they gave you a trailer at the end of the, of the game. Um, but yeah, it's not Pierce's voice though. But they have his likeness, and it's really cool. And it's it's it, worth the play. Bond fans listening to 007 Nightfire on a PS2 or GameCube, so good. Let's let's play it. Let's play it one day. Let's do I'll it. Come over. And oh, play. I'm always down. Um, okay, let's keep going. Um, so uh, he begins work the next day. It is backbreaking work, and he is exhausted. This is uh, McKenna. Or McParlin. Um Richard Harris. Yeah, yeah, I kept getting confused too, because I guess I, I, I guess I missed the name change. And so originally I did like, you know, James McParlin, Hart. And then I kept hearing McKenna and I was like, wait, did I get his name wrong? Yeah, well it makes sense because he's undercover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just stuck with calling him Richard Harris. <laughs> Perfect. Um uh my next note here is the montage of him working in the mine. I'm going to intercut with the montage of working in the mine from Zoolander. <laughs> and put working for the weekend over it. I think uh, I'm getting the black lung pop. <laughs> God damn it, Eric, you've been down there one day. He says, come back to me in 42 years, <laughs> which is how long Dan has been working in the mine for. Oh, I wonder if that's reference a reference. to this film? Maybe. Or 42 is just a nice round number for working in the mines. Maybe. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, at the end of the week, he joins the long queue for pay. He is paid 924 However, a long list is made of deductions, including cost of explosives and cost of shovels. Nine dollars is deducted, so his pay for the week is twenty-four cents. She says the room is a dollar fifty a week. How is this even going to happen? Ugh, man, rough. Imagine that. How times have changed. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, out of curiosity, in eighteen seventy-six, what is twenty-four cents worth? Hold on. That's got to be like 50 bucks, maybe. Um, 18.76 to now. Value of 18.76 dollars today. Amount 24 cents would be $6.71. Oh. So yeah, slave labor. Jesus. Um. <clears throat> okay. Uh, in church, the priest condemns last night's actions by the Molly Maguires, beating a watchman and flooding a mine. James attends church with Mary. That seems out of order. Um. Kehoe confronts James in the pit the next day and asks why he is there. A fake accident is organized where Kehoe rescues James from a huge avalanche of coal. 
James then gives a false confession, saying that he is there to avoid the law as he is a forger and is in hiding. He also says he killed a man in Buffalo, New York, over a woman. Kehoe discusses McKenna with his wife and then the other miners. They do suspect that he is a spy. So yeah, the church scene is Connery's first line after the church scene. Yep. As they're leaving. 40 minutes. 40 minutes, yeah. How's the old man, Mary? Worn out. I'll be on to see him on Tuesday night. I trust, Mr. McKenna, you'll not be taken in by the troublemakers. I've never started no trouble, Father. See, I have a couple notes with him. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, so I have, I have Jack Saves James. Um, <laughs> we're, get, we're getting close to my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, by Jack S- Saves James, and then Connery has to... Connery as Jack saves James, which means now he has to play James one more time. Yeah. <laughs> yep, wow, look at that. Conspiracy. Yeah. And rocks. They're being crushed by coal, which is where you would find... Diamonds. Diamonds. Ooh. Wow. Anyway. Ooh, you just blew my mind. Just like Anthony Zerby's brain in <laughs> License to Kill. <laughs> so and I just shit my pants, so I need to launder it. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, sorry, your notes. <laughs> Jack, so Jack saves James. Then I said Jack is Burgermeister when he kicks the ball away from those children. <laughs> that was a nice little moment, though, I got to say. I did. I and did. The, I... Uh, the, the whimsical music and Richard Harris is kind of just dancing in place with a ball. Like, the yeah. game is just like, kick a ball between your own feet. <laughs> like, there's no real game. It's just the ball exists and is a ball. I was, I was really hoping for Connery to get some action, which we do soon, which we will talk about. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, that's all I have that, so Jack is Burgermeister, and then I have, and then, and then I, I, I cut to a cringe moment, uh, dirty hands lunch of all of them discussing. While eating lunch with their horribly dirty hands. Yeah, eating like a deviled egg or whatever, and like. And just licking their fingers <laughs> Yeah, clean. oh my God. I was like, like, ah, oh, COVID times is one thing, but that's just disgusting. It's salt. Yeah. Makes it's it's seasoning. Oh man, there's got to be salt in those mines to some degree. (laughs) Shipping away enough coal, you get to some salt. (laughs) That's not true. Uh, and then yeah, that's that's all I have. And and then we'll get to it the 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 rugby game, rugby or football? Football, yeah. Uh, Uh, Well, at least it's called football here on the Wikipedia page, but it's just basically ball. No, it's technically r- rugby. I'm pretty sure because I was like, cause I was watching. I was like, I looked up rugby. I'm like, yeah, I think this is rugby because the way they like, because you can kick the ball from the goal to serve it back in, kind of like soccer, but you can like pass the ball while like while yeah, running, carrying it. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can it's pass rugby. it. So I think it was rugby. Uh, oh, the round ball. But yeah, I just this was my favorite scene. This was insane. This was really good. This was so violent. Did you see the Northman? No. North Man? No. Robert Eggers' latest movie? No. Because um, we were always at The Lighthouse recently. Um, have you seen any of his films? He's done three films. The Witch, The, the Lighthouse, and The Northman. I haven't seen these yet, no. Watch all three of them. They're all great. Um, but in The Northman, there's a 
another game like this where it's just people beating the shit out of each other. And this it gave me vibes of that. Um, or I'm like, or maybe uh, Eggers drew influence from from this, but. Yeah, this was so fucking brutal. Like let's, th- let's read it here. After a violent football match with a rival pit, Doherty gets in a fight with, with one of the rivals, this is Zerby, and is beaten up by the police. Uh, James is asked to take revenge action and breaks a policeman's jaw. We do not see this. Oh, yeah, huh? The captain mm-hmm. chastises James, but he is said to make it, he had to make it look real. Yeah, quoting the captain regarding his earlier attack in the bar. Okay, this is a very thorough Wikipedia. Um, but yeah, that f- that whole football fight is brutal. When they're all like interlocked <laughs> with each other trying to get the ball, and Connor's just punching that guy repeatedly oh, in the oh, chest. Real punches too. Oh my god! So and this sequence and the uh, uh, the fight sequence after the celebration. Those, both those scenes, the game itself and in the fight, those are two of my 007 moments. Yeah. That's, that's what I, I Well, put, where you'd put the music? I'd put the 007 music in during the game and then put it in the fight at the mm-hmm. end. And I had a fun little scene where when you see that one guy dancing next to the trophy and Connery's clapping, yeah. I, I, I want to put like 007 like disco song in the beat. Oh, I would put like a, a Lord of the Rings music in there. <laughs> and then like cut away and it's Bilbo's birthday party <laughs> from Fellowship. We got to do that. That's that's it. That's that's this yep. week's meme. All right, I'll do that. I'll do that one. Um, yeah, this whole sequence. I got to write that so I don't forget it. Oh, yes. Let me, let me just write that down. Uh, yeah, this whole this whole football scene was insane, and just like I was just I just remember laughing so hard, just not because it's funny, just because of how intense it was. Just like these guys are like beating the absolute shit out of each other, and like, and Connery's a freaking monster. He's like, I think he played ball back in the day. I think we talked about this in the show. He, yes, yes. And so like. Like imagine getting tackled Sorry, by by Sean Connery in the seventies. That's that's probably that's that's probably a hard hit right there. And he looked th- th- those look like shoot hits, man. It was crazy. So I've got as I've opened this book here, uh, Sean Connery from 007 to Hollywood Icon by Andrew Yule. An on-screen game of soccer provided one of the unit's few lighter moments. I don't think lighter. I think there were some injuries on that day and a welcome break from the otherwise unrelieved grimness of the script. 25 professional soccer players was brought, were brought in from New York and Philadelphia soccer and Gaelic leagues to augment the acting team of Connery, Harris, Anthony Costello, and Anthony Zerby. With the bulk of the movie in the can, the unit prepared... Uh, okay, anyway, yeah, so... so It, it carries on there. Um, so yeah, they brought in 25 real professional soccer players for that scene wow they're just kicking the shit out of each other like obviously (laughs) there's sound effects added in but watch this scene folks like it people are hurting each other and getting hurt it's fucked and everyone is just like we love it we love you for doing that they were going nuts they were like oh my god it was Perfect for just having the Super Bowl happen. So this is like this is this is the kind of Super Bowl I want to see. I want to see Sean right. Connery punching people in the chest. 
<laughs> and then Zerby starts a fight over a woman named Taffy. Did you, uh, did you? I had to write that down. Taffy question mark because it just kept get, getting said. Taffy, Taffy. <laughs> must have been her name. I don't know. Um. So yeah, that's uh, that is that part. Um. Oh, yeah, and, and I also have my first uh, Connery quotable. Is Ooh, yes. uh, you'll take care of nobody, you drunken short. Yes, yes. I feel like I didn't write down enough Connery quotes, but he does have some good ones in there. There's some good like 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 monologues, really good like speaking scenes, but of of the of the fun funny scenes. There weren't, weren't a ton, but that one that really no. hit me because that, that was that was where. Also, my note is this is where I started to notice. Oh, he's putting on a little bit of an Irish accent, mm. and so I was like, it's it's not bad. It's like you know, definitely still. Because he's he's he is supposed to be Irish in this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um. So yeah, I was kind of like, oh, that's cool that he's putting on. It's, it's the, cause we I think we talked about this in the episode, like where he rarely puts on an accent. Like mm-hmm. early Bond, maybe a little bit, but he was always had that Scottish accent come through. Well, he'll do one in a year uh, when he goes, "Who is your floor? <laughs> Who's your floor? <laughs> I speak English. Oh, I can't wait for that movie." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 so I, I enjoyed that for sure. Yes. Uh, okay. Where are we here? Kehoe and the four other ringleaders appear at the Reigns house and usher old Mr. Reigns away. I love whoever wrote this Wikipedia page. <laughs> old Mr. Reigns. Uh, yeah, he was great as well. Um, played by Brendan Dillon. Um, uh, Okay. They ask James to kneel, and they make the sign of the cross. Uh, he thinks he's going to die, but instead they make him a member of the ancient order of the Hibernian, which is the uh, cover organization for the Mollies. Mary chides him for joining, but the next day they take a train trip to the city and go shopping. While Mary is looking at hats, he has a rendezvous with the captain and gets payment for giving the names of the ringleaders. So... My next note here. Richard Harris, in order to get a few days off from the mine, crushes his own fingers in a fucking railroad tie. Why would why did he do that? Surely they have some days off. They must have days off. They must have one day off. Please. You know, yeah, it might have been more strict back then. So it's kind of like, you know, like you have to be there no matter what, unless, you know, maybe church on Sunday, go out shopping afterwards. I don't know. But yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe there were rules. Hey, I mean, you know, the, the job I was recently and I would have broke my hands twice to get out of that job. So I understand. Oh I understand. Ugh. Well, some jobs make you break your hands, too. Mm that did that too. That that job did that too. But anyways. Yeah. Uh the the, okay, the only so... quote I had from that was I thought it was a little charming cuz you get a little bit of flirtation there. Uh when he leaves the hat shop, he says, "Yep, my same note. Where are you, where are you to? going? To rob a bank to pay for that hat." <laughs> yes, I have that written down as well. That is a great quote from mm-hmm. that. Um and he 
the next one that I wrote down is he uses this while um, talking with the detective and talking with Connery. Connery asks why he's here, and he says he was a forger and he killed a man. Okay, so apparently forging money is called pushing the queer. Did you notice that? That's he right, He says it yeah. twice. He says it twice. Pushing the queer. And then the fake money is like, it looks like if I photocopied money today. I saw, there was a fun fact I saw somewhere. Hold on, let me pull it back up. About that yeah. dollar. Yeah, it's his, uh, Sean Connery takes out a $1 bill, which apparently was, wasn't was printed until 1923. Movie's supposed mm-hmm. to take place 50 years earlier. So I guess that was like one of the goofs on the <laughs> film. Is that like, which is like something that would be pulled out of like today's standards, like you know, hey, yeah. you know, like uh, like Stranger Things, like hey, that that camcorder didn't come out till nineteen like ninety two. Yeah, it's supposed to be eighty five, man. But you, yeah, you didn't. There was no home video then, so you didn't care. <laughs> yeah. It's just a dollar being torn up. Yeah, it looked like a dollar to me. And so if I was anything, fine. you'd be sitting in the theaters, be like, they tore up a dollar. <laughs> Why they do that? I could have seen a movie for that. A lot of funny factual errors here. Going back to the soccer, why are they playing rugby with a soccer ball? Yeah, that's why I didn't think it was rugby. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but they're like using their hands, they're passing it. I was so confused because then I, I, I had to Google it and I said like Molly Maguire sports and they kept being called rugby between rugby and football. I'm like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go with football because whatever. Coal ball. <laughs> coal ball. The ball was filled with coal. The Rocket League. <laughs> Early Rocket League. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Um, holy long shots is my next note. Um, the the shot that goes, I see here on the wiki, it's called the coal cracker. The shot that goes inside of the coal cracker with all those people on the slope, just acting as a human conveyor belt. Yeah, that was like uncomfortable. Like, I thought they were sitting like in the coal, but like they have like a little wood plank they're sitting on. Yeah, they're like hoisting like, themselves up. I was like, man, imagine like I I can barely sit down comfortably for anything to tie my shoes. Like, imagine just like you're on an incline and sorting. So, what are they sorting through? Just like dirt. I think they were. I think they were acting as. Something to keep the conveyor belt moving. That like, makes sense. Yeah, the rocks, the rocks would stop sliding at some point. Yeah, so they're they're, they're like kicking it, but like, it looks like they were also picking things out of it. Like, yeah, I don't know how you could freaking tell. Maybe checking for ones with diamonds or something. I don't know. I don't know because they're like, like they were taking like, but they were throwing it on the ground like it was nothing. Yeah, so... it doesn't look like they were pulling out any of value. It was just like ones that were kind of larger than the rest. Yeah, but like, how can you tell what like between a rock and like a stick? Everything's like covered in like black soot and whatever. Oh. It's like. I thought that was really interesting, and they're, and they're all kids too. So it's like, for the most part, kids are in the front, and like the adults are kind of in the back. Cause you see Richard Harris towards the very bottom. Oof, uh, I like, don't. Yeah. I have no idea how this was filmed. Yeah. How was this real? Like, were there safety precautions? Yeah. It's, like, yeah. Same thing with the, the with the with the, the the hat designs of like the, the the flaming torch hats. Like that was very interesting how they built it because you have that little kind of looks like a 
like a, a light for like a camera or something that's like a little mm. dish that's covering not everybody had them on their hats it's but not like, even covering it's just like just keeping like the flame yeah like the well, way you re- cover the way you cover a lighter when you're trying to light a cigarette yeah. on a windy day well i think it's like ref- kind of reflecting the light a little more but like i'm like man it's just interesting it must have like obviously probably photos like back then but it's, just, mm. it's very very interesting to see old 1800s technology like i i haven't seen since you know back to the future three <laughs> you know right oh yeah i think they have they might have those hats in back to the future three now that i'm thinking about it i gotta watch back to the future three i don't remember i haven't watched those movies in so long i, wa- I watched both of them in the hospital which was really funny they had they had them both on sci-fi which is weird they they played i, I call what, it one and two I, yeah, it was weird. I caught the end of two, so I was like, "All right, watch the rest of that." And then they immediately play one. I was like, "That's interesting." Why wouldn't you go to three? That's what I Why thought. Like, it was like a weird like marathon, and then like, I I I got checked out by the time the movie was ending. Anyways, but I was like, "Oh, well, to relive those movies." But I gotta watch three again. Now, Doc, I can't leave yet. I gotta know how this ends. I know how it ends, but I gotta see it again. You know? Oh yeah, it's really good. That's gonna bother me. I want to see if they actually have the hats. Hmm. Yeah, show your screen with me. I'll keep reading. Uh, a train of coal is derailed by an explosion on the track coordinated by the Mollies. At a meeting of the Hibernians, James is asked to put a superintendent at the Shenandoah pit out of action. Kehoe and James go to Sh- Shenandoah, but are ambushed by the police. The police arrest eight men back at the pit, but all ha- have alibis. James is taken to the captain to interview, who beats him up before he returns for realism. By now, James and Mary are in love. They go to a picnic and discuss morality. Let's see how my notes line up with that. Okay. Um. Ah, so uh, the police captain beats him up again. He says, sorry, i got to make it look realistic. And Richard Harris goes, always a pleasure working with a man who, like, who loves his job. So I thought that was that was a nice little burn, mm. um, but also a nice clever line. It sucks that he keeps getting beat up though. Um, okay, um, so that scene they go and shoot the superintendent, and it turns out that there are police there ambushing them. They knew that about the attack; it was going to happen. So they said that. I heard one line of dialogue that said that the superintendent that they went to kill is still alive. But then they tell... Then Connery hears word that he's dead? Is that... Do you think that's like the authorities double cross, Like saying, okay, he's still alive, but say that he's dead because it may draw out the real attackers. Or he is dead, but say that he's still alive. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I got a little confused with that, too. Oh, say it again so set it up again it's like okay so they go to the mollies go to shenandoah right. which is another another mine to kill a superintendent of the mine because he's being an asshole but when they get there they're a police and it becomes a violent shootout the superintendent does get shot but you don't know his outcome you only hear it through other people's dialogue somebody says he's still alive and then Connery at one point says they killed the superintendent. Now I'm curious if Harris, 
uh, as McKenna gave them false information and said, no, we killed the superintendent. You know what I mean? It's not important, like, like ultimately. Pr- like to protect but like, him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like if, if I say that you killed him, you're not going to go out and risk your neck again. You know? Um, yeah, yeah, because that's, that's, yeah, that would make sense. So I don't know if he's alive. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. And in the end, they're tried for murder. So I guess he does die. Mm. Um, okay, my next note. Um, by now, James and Mary are in love. They go for a picnic and discuss morality. I want to discuss this picnic. Oh, yes, because they don't. <laughs> you like riddles, Mario? I do like riddles. But my, but my one quote is, is, you have a way with chicken. That's my quote from this picnic. <laughs> that is a good quote. <laughs> you have a way with chicken. Have a way with well, chicken. I've got. I've got another uh, line here that I've, I'm going to share with you. I've took screenshots of it, so I didn't have to write it down, but I will read it as we go. Okay. So this is from that picnic. He's got plenty of riddles for uh, Samantha Egger, Miss Mary Rains, and she's smart as can be, smart as a whip, and she's getting all the riddles one after another, even though half the time I have no idea what he's even saying. He's saying them really fast. Like, it's like song lyrics. Snug in a corner, I saw the lad lie. Fire in his heart and a cock in his eye. A bottle of whiskey. Out she goes in the priest dinner with her. A henny with an egg. There's no catching it. Not with words. The one that really stood out to me, I had to take screenshots of. So here, we'll, we'll go a little bit by bit. Tis round a dish was ever known, and white as snow the look of it. Tis food and life for all mankind, yet no man e'er partook of it. This time you're caught. I'm not. It's breast milk. And then they just start macking. It's just like, turn me on talking about breast milk. I mean, I get it, but, like, what? What? But then it's got the best cut in the movie because it instantly cuts to a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. They know what they're doing. Uh, but that shot then leads to one of the most horrible things in the movie because that baby is sleeping right next to his parents, and the police burst in, and it's Fraser and his wife, and they just murder them. Just in well, their sleep. Well, the, the baby didn't die, did he? No. Yeah, because you hear the you hear the crying, which is like that was just like really haunting. Like the whole thing was very Godfather esque. Yeah, right. You know, cross cutting from love to murder in a bed with a baby. You know? Very Godfather esque. Oh yes. Um <clears throat> all right, where are we going from here? Fraser and his wife are murdered in their bed by the police, the Peelers, in a revenge attack. At the funeral, the priest shows little sympathy. Doherty is arrested for killing the superintendent of the Shenandoah. Shenandoah. But this is a ploy to bring the real killers forward. That's what I was wondering. Uh, like, is he actually dead? Anyway. Um, as old Mr. Rains gets the last rites, the priest calls Kehoe to discuss the whole affair. This is my next note. Um, is the priest in on it? 
is the priest like at least a member of the Hibernians that the Mollies are a smaller subsect of? Because he keeps going like, you know, you're turning away from the church, but he's not shaming. It feels like from that whole conversation, it feels like the priest is in on it. Did you get that vibe? I think so. Like, yeah, part of me was kind of like. He knows about it. Like he's like, I feel like like that shirts, the initial church scene like of them. And they cut to every single member like Connery and Frazier. And they're kind of like looking kind of with their head down a little bit. Like, you know, like we know, Mm -hmm. I think he, like the whole time he's like, he knows he's like, he's like, he's like, you should do the right thing. And stop this blah blah so i so i think i think i think he did know at the very least maybe he's like approves that they're fighting back but doesn't approve the way that they're doing it like, yeah don't do it with violence fight back in a way that makes sense but don't stop destroying things and hurting people yeah which is a lot of the uh, tone of what um james is trying to do you know with uh uh, with Jack, where he's, he's trying to like you know to get that scene like we'll ju- uh, jump to the end a little bit, but like you know of him like I, I wanted you to be better, I wanted you to like, I wanted you to not do this, and you know Jack mm-hmm. did it anyways and all that. So I tried to I tried to warn you, I tried to make you stop. Yeah, so it's like the, the you know that great scene of them like sabotaging after the funeral, they're sabotaging that uh building, the shop, or whatever, and they catch it yes catch it on fire and stuff. I have a note about um, that. But yeah, it's uh so yeah, you got to think that like that's the whole lesson of this movie. It's like, yes, what's going on in this society is terrible, but there's better ways to deal with it than violence. Mm. That's the whole undertone of this film, I feel. Mm. I I agree with that. And my next note being is that um after the priest is finished delivering his little speech to Connery, he notices uh I, I phrase it as Whoops, he died while I was talking. <laughs> he's kind of like, oh, oh, he's gone. Yeah, well, give that a check. Yep, he's gone. All right, well, <laughs> that's what. Oops. See what happens when you take your hands off the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> so then following that is Mr. Rain's wake. Uh, at Mr. Rain's wake, the Mollies meet in a back room. The wake party break into the company store. Wait. Okay, we're skipping ahead a bit. Um, I really like Connery's meltdown. It's established that Connery doesn't drink. Right. And he's drinking at this wake. And he kind of starts to let loose a bit. And I I don't have a favorite Connery line. I think all of that, all of this bit is my favorite Connery line. When he's yelling at a corpse for not doing more with his life. Yeah, I did. I did funeral monologue heart where I was like, that was just like really intense acting from him. And I was like, he's really fucking leaning into it. And like, this is like his his Oscar moment here. I was like, wow, mm. it was just really, really cool to see them. And it's, it's just like, you know, this man deserves a shoot. And then like, let's give him a suit. And he mm. runs out. An animal makes a sound. So he had it to use. But why didn't he use it? It was all he had. Didn't he know that? What more did they have to do to him? They took everything else. Look at him now. They haven't even left him a suit to be buried in. I was like, man, this is, uh, it was crazy. Like, I, I, I love that from him. That's just like, if we're, if we're ranking Connery's characters, Connery's characters, um, 
this is up there for me for sure. Connery's characters. <laughs> like next to his character from Cuba, you know, this is like one of yeah. my favorite performances of of him and uh yeah, this was like breathtaking, but it's just it, I, I still can't believe that we get Diamonds Are Forever after this, which right. again is great cuz we love that movie, but it's like it's like two different guys when he's so invested in this. Yeah. And literally his like one of his first scenes in Diamonds Are Forever is him not listening to M. Like, are you paying attention, Double Hmm? Yep. <laughs> Barely. Um like to get something off your chest. Uh yeah, I think this is my favorite Connery scene in this movie when he is melting down, very upset that this man's spent his whole life, all his strength and his voice, just gave it to this company who took away his soul. And that was really powerful. Uh, okay, so we can continue here. The wake party break into the company store and steal a suit for Mr. Reigns to be buried in. But Keo then gets carried away and starts stealing more things. He is distracted when James starts destroying bottles of alcohol with a shovel, and they decide to set the store on fire. I had a problem with that. That's everyone's stuff. Mm. Everybody needs that stuff. And you're a small town. And uh, whatever hope of being a local hero, you're now an asshole. Yeah, you're like the CC. You literally <laughs> set everything because that's that, that's the only store they have in that town, for, for what I know. And it's got all the food, all the liquor, and all the clothes. Like, just destroy it all. That's fine. Rebellion. Um, can I uh, rec- uh can I request a pause for a, a Connor P? Cut right there. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be here. Uh. Wahoo! It's a Mario. Mr. Vario Lima. Hello, Mario. Is that you? This is I. A terrible impression of Sean Connery from Beyond the Grave. I bet, yeah. How are you? All right. Tell me, have you ever been to my friend Brian's house. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like all the freaking. Well, I haven't. He hasn't invited me over. Can you tell me about it? There's different sizes of rooms. If tell me like... about his bathroom. It was good for Brian because he got to like keep all his shit there. Really? Like... Well, I heard there's no bathrooms. Yeah, where do you poop? Do you have to like dig a hole or something? Hmm. What is he paying for a place like this? But it could be pricey with the rent. It's like it's like having a storage unit. Well, Mario, I'll let you get back to your podcast. I've got many things I must do here in the afterlife. I bet, yeah. Lots of Hollywood starlets to bed. I bet, yeah. So many rounds of golf. I've got to play with so many famous people. I bet, yeah. Stop saying that. I'm going to stop right here. Excellent. Well, when you reach the afterlife... You simply must join me. I'll hold a spot for a round of golf for you. Yeah, why not? You're interested? Count me in, coach. Excellent. Well, I'll let you go now. All right. Goodbye. See you when you die. Don't go dipping your wick in some pie. Shango is the god of the sky. We're back. All right, we're back at it. Where did we leave off? We were talking about them burning down the shop. Burning down the shop. Yes. Um, irresponsible. Uh, that's everybody's stuff. Mm. Um, though it is a very good scene between 
the two actors. Yeah, we're not dead yet. And they're running off like children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, I wrote that line down. Um, I won't die at all. Haven't I told you, Jack? I'll live forever. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So, the next day, Kehoe... Is it the next day or is it? Yeah, it's the next day. Kehoe and McAndrew, young Ben Affleck, are caught red-handed as they break into the explosive store at at the pit and find that it is full of police. So they go. Uh, McAndrew opens a big box that's labeled explosives, like a big box labeled explosives, and it's full of policemen. Uh, like it's like a shed kind of. So I'm going to call this the crate trick. <laughs> the old crate trick indeed a uh, lot of them too even even like in the building behind them like yeah. a bunch flooded out too there was like the At whole 20 i think yeah the whole force was there jeez mm. only at the trial did they discover james true identity as a detective mary watches in shock kehoe mcandrew and doherty are all sentenced to death mary explains she could cope with him as a murderer but not as a traitor. Oof. Awaiting execution, Kehoe is visited in the cell by by in the death cell by James. They have a quiet and civilized conversation. Kehoe sees that James seeks absolution. He suddenly loses his temper, his temper, excuse me, and attacks James. He is rescued by the warders. He yells his one to his one time he bleh, he tells his one-time ally that no punishment short of hell can redeem his treachery. Detective Parland retorts that, in that case, see you in hell. You're taunting a little freeze out there. Well, then I'll yeah. see you in hell. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Freeze before you make it to the first marker. <clears throat> um, yeah, I really like that last line. Yeah. See you in hell. And then the final shot of the movie is the prepping of the... Which, which I was kind of like, it was okay. I thought I, I, I didn't like that. That there was like they cut on them testing out the sandbags. I think they should have just had them on the stand. No, no, you, you don't I think so. I, I liked the way that it ended because they're not being put to death yet, and it's Harris is walking out past this. It's literally the end result of his job. This this final shot is representative of the end result of his job. His job was to go in there and smash this operation up, and he knew that it was going to result in the death of in somebody's death. And here it is. He's leaving the site. He is walking away. He's not even going to see see those men be put to death. Um, which further emphasizes that traitorous aspect of him, like. He's gonna go in and mess everything up, and then not even witness, the, not even have the stomach to witness the consequences. Mm. But and that's not—I'm not calling him weak. He's a very strong character, but it, I think that last shot is very uh, symbolic of of what his character is as a whole. Mm. He is this agent that is sent in, and ultimately it results in people dying. And that's the end of the movie. That is it, man. We finally come to the the the, the scoring section of the show. 
Yeah, we, we, this we, has we, been a pretty short episode. Yeah, which we, we kind of spoiled our scores earlier, but it's okay. We could talk, talk about it again. Um, well, what else can we talk about in regards to this movie? Uh, so I think all in all, closing statements. Um, like this phenomenal film, I felt. It was just like mm. uh, acting all around was great. I feel like you know, I enjoyed every character I saw on screen for the most part. Um, again, uh, calling back to Connery and Harris's uh, on-screen chemistry, especially in that last scene of them in the cell together. Mm, that was a beautiful scene. Like that, like they are uh, fantastic together. So now, like you know, I, I know we we love uh, Connery and Michael Caine's friendship, but like I want to see how these guys were. These guys mm. seem like they're pretty close too. Um, yeah, this, they were phenomenal together, and I will say that final scene together when Connery grabs him by the neck, my jaw dropped. Yeah, I was legitimately in shock. Like some incredible acting in this film, all around. Yeah, really good, and um, yeah, that's like I don't know what else to say. It's just like both of them are fantastic. I love, I love Connery in this. this is probably is like in my top five as of right now of mm. Connery films right now, which is. Outside of James Bond, it's just like really, really great acting, great, and uh, I, I wish I. This seems like a popular film, uh, like for some fun. Like I don't know, I had never heard of it. I, I've I've heard the name in conversation a lot, but I never knew anything about it. I've heard people talk about Molly Maguire's, which I mean makes sense because it's a, it's a true story. You know, mm. Molly Maguire's are real, but um. Yeah, I don't know, it, and but like seeing the critics critic score so high, and IMDb, it's like a six point eight out of ten. Um, but a lot of reviews seem to seem to like it. There's not yeah, much I, negativity in it. I would have had usually my notes are you know tend to lean towards the positive, if not just pointing out the ridiculous, less so than the negative, because I don't really like getting too negative on the film because we're we're here to have a good time with it unless the film itself makes it negative. Um, but I, I granted, I did fill up a, a page, as you can see, but I feel like my notes are rather scarce um, because I was just enjoying this movie so much. It was phenomenal. I was just... Uh, um, excuse me. James, James Wong Howe is just an incredible cinematographer and now i'm really interested in watching more films that he shot um the drums of fate the oklahoma kid air force hangmen also die uh this was his second to last film his final film was a film called funny lady with barbara streisand and james conn huh Huh. I'd be very interested in watching more of his films just because of how absolutely gorgeous this film was. Mark of the Vampire. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I really want to watch more of his films. And he directed two, Invisible Avenger and Go Man Go. Huh. 
What's the Invisible Avenger? A noir crime film. Hmm. From 1958. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, again, more uh, riveting uh, stuff here, but... Thanks to the oh, magic and of cutting. HUD. HUD is another one that he filmed. I know that movie is very famous with Paul Newman. Also directed by Martin Ritt. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested in watching more films from both the director and the cinematographer. Just be based on how absolutely gorgeous this was. Also, the poster for this movie kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fist coming through the the poster. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah there's so many posters. I uh, like. I want these posters now hung on my mm. wall. Like uh, a lot of these movies that we've seen lately. You saw all the Shalico posters that I showed. The sh- yeah, the Shalico posters are dope. Just they like, look awesome. Hell yeah. It's like, yeah. You you don't get this anymore. I feel. I mean, there's some cool posters out there. Like every every, every Bond posters poster today are not great. Like every Bond poster, even the Bond posters are kind of like lackluster. But there's a couple of like fan ones. Like someone made a really cool fan. Uh, Those are always cooler. Of like, yeah, No Time to Die. They made it look like a traditional, a little, like Connery era. But they had like you know, it's like the DB5 driving, and then like you know, there's the villains' heads everywhere. That's really cool. Those No Time to Die promotional posters are terrible. Yeah, they're boring. Just him. A tuxedo, black and white background, and then against like a gray or a beige wall. Yeah, have some fun with posters, man. Come on, mm. it's just it's insane. But yeah, um, but yeah, so visually great. Uh, music again, I love the music in this. I thought it was mm. really Henry good. Mancini's score is fantastic. Um, oh, we didn't even talk about the like little scene of of Mary Rains and James kind of having a little little sing-off in the kitchen there in the beginning. Yeah, the, that was really sweet. Yeah. Oh, that is really sweet. She's she, He's in the kitchen. He's in the, uh, in the dining room playing dominoes with her father, and she starts singing in the other room, and he starts singing, and then she kind of stops, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> it was a really sweet moment, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, on the subject of the soundtrack, uh, the Molly Maguire soundtrack composed by Her- Henry Mancini replaced that originally composed by Charles Strauss. Mancini's score employed Irish modal harmony played by period instruments on the Irish harp, tin whistle, and squeeze box. Both soundtracks were released in 2012 on a limited edition CD, now sold out. I want to oh. hear the first soundtrack, so I'm going to do some research on that and see if I can find it. Find it. Yeah, because I, I really want to hear this other soundtrack. Um, yeah, absolutely beautiful music. I really like the moment in the bar, uh, the first moment in the bar where uh, nothing like a bit of music to ease your troubles at the end of the day, and Harris goes, he's out of tune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what a poor old deaf bastard. Can't hear it anyway since a lump of coal fell on him. <laughs> And they're done that. Ah, but all right. So are we ready for our, we have two reviews, uh, two review scores we have here on the Connery Curious Podcast. We rate the movie itself. And of course, the man we have the podcast about, Sir Sean Connery, review his acting in this film. So we can probably go over, over it again, I guess, the scores for mm-hmm. the movie. And then also on a scale of one to 10, does the SH? Does the SH? I'd say about a two. Yeah. Very, very subtle. Minimally. Alrighty, so what are you giving the film out of 10? Uh, definitely sticking with a 9. I thought this was nine. great. I agree. I'm giving it a 9. Uh, 
what is keeping it from being a 10 for you? Um, hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what's keeping it from being a 10 for me. Sure, hit me with it. The romance plot. And not because I don't like the romance plot, but I feel like it hinders... Um, I think the riddle scene, the picnic riddle scene, is a bit much. I think you could drop... I think you could drop that aspect of it and just let it be. He takes her out shopping and just show their relationship growing anyway. Don't show her like being hesitant to it. Just have her be hurt at the end when it's revealed that he's a traitor. Simple as that. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that was kind of like a slow burn, if anything, with like, I don't know. I could have done without it, I guess, but. It could have just been trimmed down a bit. Yeah. You still have it be there. Like he's developing a relationship with somebody. To you know, to not go crazy while being in the mines, but and it further cements his loyalty to that side. And let's see. Other than okay, that, so we, we both rated the film a nine uh, out of ten. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, just uh, I think I just keep it at that, just because like it's I can't really identify what about it like it doesn't make it a ten for me. I just think it's just like I don't know, maybe just no, it's not. You know, in your heart, it's not a ten. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you there. I was debating on a 9.5, but I and I was al- almost went with a 9.25, but I didn't. I stuck with a 9 because mm. I feel like that's really fair. Mm. All right, and uh, so we both gave it a 9 out of 10. What are we giving Sean Connery, Sir Sean Connery, the man himself? And phenomenal. I th- I think I'm just going to go for it. I, th- I, th- I think I got to give him a 10. Wow. I think. I, th- I think. Hot diggity damn. I, th- I, I, th- I haven't th- been writing these scores down. Hold on. I, Molly Maguire's, we both give the film a nine. I think I, I think a 10. I, th- I, th- I think the the funeral monologue put me over. I think I was sitting at a nine up till then. I think so. You know, I'm like, I'm like yeah, he's, he's really good. He's enjoying himself. I think he's fine. But I think just that was so heartfelt that drunken funeral scene and i'm like wow and then then of course in the scene at the end with the, in the in the jail cell uh yeah, it's really really fucking good so i think for sure this guy he he killed it in this so i'm gonna give him a nice solid 10 well i'm gonna give him a 9.5 okay reason for, yeah. reason behind a point five. <clears throat> um I think the fact that we didn't hear him speak for 40 minutes mm. maybe robbed us of a little bit of Connery because he's just so stoic in those first scenes. But also, I don't know. There was nothing. Like we said before, I knew in my heart it wasn't a 10, but it's a nine, 9.5 for sure. It is a strong, strong 9.5. Yeah, I agree with you with the whole, yeah, 40 minutes of no Connery, but at the same time, those 40 minutes that he was there, he definitely was a force where just... You know, the long stares across the room were like, we're going to meet him soon. It's going to get crazy. Uh, so, do you know? Also, it just hit me. Do you, I, I think I know another reason. No happy Connery in this movie. It's happy Connery. When? It, when they're dancing uh, with the trophy. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the biggest. Yeah, yeah, the, the game. That's one. Yeah, he has the biggest but, smile. And then, uh, and I, I don't know, he seems kind of. There's less happy Connery. I like him with, um, 
with Mr. Reigns with the with the dad when they first go to like before they like knight him to be a uh a Molly Maguire. Well, it's just like that fun little like back and forth. It's like, hey, old man, you know, looking good. We could have used you in the football field today. Right. You know? That was great. Yeah. You know, just uh, he was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, okay. You know, you know what? You're swaying me. I'm gonna go nine point seven five. Ooh, we're going higher. Okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. Nine point seven five. And that's the first time I've done that. It's the first time I've gone in quarter increments. This is, this is historical. But, but I, I think. If there were more, excuse me, if there were more happier Connery moments, I'd go with a 10. Mm. But the football scene is more brutal than fun. I think that takes it away from me. Like, he's clearly having fun, but I'm feeling the pain as it happens. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, he's quite pleasant with the dad, but I think he's more gentle than like enthusiastic because you don't want to get enthusiastic with an old man who's about to die yeah you don't want to get you don't want to give him a heart attack <laughs> um but yeah i think if we had seen maybe a little bit more of the man who would be king madness in his eyes maybe mm. i'd go with a full-on 10 but for now 9.75 you boosted it up for me all right i'll take it i'm just gonna correct my rating here on the page Okay. Alrighty, so uh, let me mark this as watched. Does that mean it's time for our favorite segment of the show? That means it's time for our favorite segment of the show. Whose turn is it? Might be mine. I think it it is yours. I think think so. All right. Uh, Well, if we had the guest today, we would have given it to the guest, but Mm. I think that'll be. I think that'll be the way forward. If we have a guest, we let them spin. Sure. I think it's only fair, right? It's yeah. why deny people the fun, you know? Sure, sure, sure. All right, I'm, pull, so I'm, pull, I'm the pulling screen. the wheel up for you. All righty. Can you see it? I can see it. I can see it. Um, just scroll through the list. Make sure everything that we've watched is off of the I, list. I actually went through it. Uh, it still had Molly Maguire's in there, so I actually pulled that off. So let me just, just double off. check. Awesome. I think it's, I think other than that, it's, um, it's clean. Beautiful. Yes. Awesome. All right. Uh, so. All right. What are you hoping for this time, my friend? What are you hoping for? I mean, you know me, man. I'm I'm yeah. waiting. I'm waiting for that first Bond movie. Uh, also, would like uh, indie. I'm in an indie mood because of you know one because I got to see I got to see the uh, Indiana Jones like uh, spectacular stunt spectacular at uh, Disney, which mm. was very fun and nostalgic for me. Uh, and you know the, the new movie's coming out, so I'm in a mood for some indie, and it's one of my favorite Connery movies of all time. So oh, it is a great one. Uh, so, uh, so I'm hoping for that. How about you? Um, well, okay, I was just thinking of a film I want to watch, but then it just reminded me of another note I have here. Not, I didn't write it down, but it just the Molly Maguire's is very similar to The Hill. Oh, okay. From 1965, it, they're very, very similar in terms of. Um, there's a system, and it's very abusive to those on bottom and those on top do not understand. And there's one character that makes an attempt to understand. It's an interesting film. Um, I'd like to watch that again, um, but it might be a little too soon because the Molly Maguire's was a little bit of a downer. Um, spoilers, this isn't the happiest film. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, 
I'm kind of I kind of want to watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People. You know, mm. I kind of want to. Um, I want something fun. I'll take Zardoz. I will totally take Zardoz if we land on it, or maybe Highlander. I've never seen Highlander. I've never seen any of these films. Um, I've seen The Hill, but yeah, I hope we get something fun. That's the main thing I, oh. I have here. Is I I want something fun. When w- of the ones that we've watched so far, what's been the most fun? Oh, I'd say m- first night. Yeah, I think between that and yeah, probably uh, between that and Man Who Would Be King, Man Who Would Be King was a super fun to me. Uh, but yeah, first night's <laughs> up there too. And <laughs> sort of the valiant. Yeah, we we, we always come. <laughs> that was the one we shit on the most, but we end up we talk about that one the most. Well, it was our longest episode. <laughs> that it must mean something. Let's watch it again. I think let's we wa- need let's, to. Let's hang out and do a commentary track of it. I think we need to because you wanna. Yeah, I think we should. We're talking about that. We're like we should at the maybe at the uh, when we get the halfway mark, start taking our. We talked about a behind the scenes kind of like maybe doing a tier list episode of the movies. I'm, but like, I'm down for doing a tier list when we have more. Yeah, I think we should because there's like approximately seventy four, seventy five ish. I think maybe we should wait till we have twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Because then we can actually make a tier list episode that is content yeah. worthy like it's 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 sizable and you go oh i've got my new two hours of connery curious to listen to and they're ranking what they've done so yeah far. but i think i think i think commentary tracks for films we've already seen might be good and like let us know listeners like hit us up on instagram it seems like be the best way to contact us and twitter if you can yeah. find us instagram and twitter um, and, and gmail as well and oh, you'll hear all, all those at the end yeah i'll give you guys a little a little advertisement at the end but yeah let us know what do you guys want to hear like a commentary track of if anything uh mm. our votes for sword of valiant so far but i wouldn't mind doing like maybe maybe some bond commentary maybe some other other deals like that but like yeah let, let i us think know. we should only do a commentary on one we've watched already yeah yeah so that we can it, it's already established with us we know what's going to happen it's nothing surprising so we can talk over it and talk about the things we enjoyed as they happen sure um and uh, and in reference to people hitting us up, if we have somebody hitting us up on a movie that we've already done, maybe we'll cycle back around to it at some point. You know, hey, never know. If it's some something that a lot, of, if somebody messages us and be like, "Hey, uh, I am a huge Shalico fan, and I'm a, I'm frankly offended that you only reached out afterwards." All right, come back. We'll talk about Shalico again. So, some somebody mm-hmm. out there wants to talk about Sword of Valiant. <laughs> I hope so. Please reach out if you want to talk about Sword of the Valiant. We and let's watch the Green Knight. Yeah, did you watch that? No, not yet. But I will, yeah. but that, that we got to do because I want to see the comparison. Oh. Yeah, uh, it looks it looks really good. Mm. But all right, shall we spin? All right, Shalico, we let's yes, oh. let's do it. Oh, it's so exciting! I'm sorry, I delay it every week because I just don't like. I. That's so exciting. Like, it's like, oh, I'm just yes, it's so exciting. All right, ready? All righty, here we go. Here we go. Time to spin the, the wheel, wheel of curiosity. The longest day. The longest day. All right, let's see about the longest day. We were... We were Two, two away from never say never again. Hmm. 
The Longest Day is a 1962 American epic war film based on Cornelius Ryan's 1959 nonfiction book of the same name about the D-Day landings at Normandy on June 6, 1944. Wow. Oh, is this, this going to be our first black and white film? Uh, I think so, yeah. Cast includes John Wayne, Kenneth Moore, Richard Todd, Robert Mitchum, Richard Burton, Steve Forrest, Sean Connery, Henry Fonda, Red Buttons, Peter Lawford, Eddie Albert, Jeffrey Hunter, Stuart Whitman, Tom Tyron, Rod Steger, Leo Glenn, Gert Frobe, Goldfinger himself, Irina Demick as the one woman, <laughs> Bo- Borville, a French actor and singer, Kurt Jurgens. oh my god, so... This has Sean Connery with Goldfinger and uh, 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 Stromberg. My God. Yeah. And Robert Wagner, number two. Wow. Look at that. That's going to be cool. A John Wayne film with. Uh, see how. He's pretty low on the list for casting, so I'm hoping yeah. he's in a private Flanagan. So hopefully we get a, a a good amount of him in this, but it's a huge cast. Oh my gosh! Yeah, look, look at the poster. Oh, and and Frank Finlay is is in it as well. Who was in the Molly Maguires as Captain Davies, Jeez. the police captain? Look at that! Yeah, look at that! Yeah, look at the the poster. Looks like it looks like a roster for Mortal Kombat. Like all the different people on it. Let me see. It's like all the. Am I sharing my screen still? Share, share, share your screen with me. Not bad, let me. No, you're good. Like, look at that. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> That's an awesome poster. There's Sean right there. At, uh... Never so timely, never so great. Beautiful. See it during the 25th anniversary year of D-Day. Oh my God. Well, there it is, man. I'm excited. Are you Wait, excited? Wait, would that be at 1944? 25 that would be 69 so that was a release post a re-release poster probably yeah 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 because this came out in 62 awesome i can't wait for this this is gonna be great l shot in a docudrama style whoa this is gonna be awesome we know where where it's available um i looks like uh, i'm seeing it uh it could be rented on prime video um, it could, yeah, so far on digital, looks like an Amazon Prime video. You can get, buy the Blu-ray if you're a fan or rent for four bucks. Hmm. Or of course, we always a, suggest I our a DVD copy here. Yeah. We always suggest our local library. Of course, if you guys want to find it's, movies there, it's so you can support your local library. It doesn't hurt to look for sure. We found a lot of good gems in there. Mm. The only the only well, one we had an issue with was uh, the one Connery's barely in. in. No, uh, the oh. uh, we had to buy oh, Action of the Tiger. We, we had to buy that, and he was it wasn't even yeah. in the freaking movie. Yeah, which we we we, we might have to, we might give away <laughs> give that yeah, away. Yeah, we couldn't even rent it online. Yeah, yeah, we had to buy the Blu-ray. So we, we might give that away and sign it. Yeah, signed <laughs> copy of Action of the Tiger, signed by Mario and Dylan from Connery. Which, that, that'll heighten the value for sure exactly yeah, yeah. resale value sixteen dollars <laughs> ah boosted it from 15 12 galleons oh, oh man but anyways sickle in my nut 
Um, but yeah, this was fun, man. This was a this was a good episode. Feel as, uh, it doesn't feel it for the people at home, but it's been a while since we got together to do this, so I'm excited to be back. Yes, and and I have nothing but good feelings about the direction of this podcast. Frankly, I I have a feeling we're gonna go to fun places with this. We're gonna be talking to some interesting people. We're gonna be getting curious here with Sean Connery. And it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be. Fun. I've had a really fun journey thus far, man. And I gotta it's be it. honest, while you were away, yeah, I missed the shit out of you, and it was a big dopamine loss. That's <laughs> I, brother, I missed you too. Trust me, it was like at one point, yeah, because we're at the for people at home during my honeymoon. I put pictures on social media. Maybe I'll share some online too. But we went to a James look, Bond. Look at the beautiful pictures. Yeah, when I, we found my uh, best man found a James Bond museum. I got to sit in like those actual cars from using the movie. I sat in Goldfinger's Rolls Royce, the actual Lotus Esprit that Roger Moore sat in in the scene in Spy Who Loved Me. Which ties into our next film, The Longest Day, because both of those are Gert Frobe and Kurt Jurgens. Boom, look at that. Look at that. Uh, and like DB5 and stuff. But, but it was just funny because I would see like the Connery section and see like old posters of James Bond and uh, of Connery's Bond. I was like, man. We should record an episode of Connery Curious in this. I was, I was, I was, I was missing Dylan. I was like, man, like, I, I wish Dylan could be here to share this with me. We'll have to go. I wish I could have. We too, should go man. to Florida someday and visit this place. Honestly, I want, we'll write it off. I, I want to. I want to experience this place with you because you'll like. Let's do love it. it. So let's do it. I so wish cool. when I was out in, in LA, I had seen the Bond in Motion exhibit. Yeah, we should do that too. That's they got. They got cool. I'm sure they have cool shit there because that, that was the mm. one thing. Yeah, there was a, like you know, the, obviously amazing cars they had in this place, but like. Yeah, I want to see some other stuff too, but, but we should go to Sean's. What's that? Excuse me. Excuse me. We should go to Sean Connery's hometown and write it off. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> do a do an episode there. We're getting really Connery curious. <laughs> Hell yeah! That'd be insane. Find all the monuments to him. Hell yeah! Plaques. Sean Connery used this bath. <laughs> Sean, a Sean Connery tour. That'd be cool. I'm still in it. Get out of here. <laughs> That's where he's been all these years. All right, man. Well, Mario, this has been a blast. I'm happy we're back at it. Yes. And I got to be honest, I for for a while I was like I can't watch the Molly Maguires yet. Can't watch it yet. Can't watch it yet. Can't watch it and I wanted to so badly. Yeah, part mm. of me wanted to do it too. I almost like watched it like on the on the ride. Like, we took a train down. I was kind of like, maybe I should just like watch it now. But I was like, I'll oh, wait. I wanted it to be fresh in my mind. Yeah, so that too. Yeah. Now, uh, out of curi- Connery curiosity, are you watching any of these films outside of when we're talking about it? Because you never know what the wheel's gonna spin next. Mm. Like we could get we we could get another Bond film next episode. Or we could get a first Bond film next episode. And because I'm uncertain, like, what if I want to go watch Thunderball? I was. Can I? I you know? That, like, it's funny you say that because that almost happened because I forgot forgot which streaming service had a bunch that they released. It's usually on Prime, but it was somewhere else. Yeah, Prime owns them. Um, Amazon owns them. But I was looking at it, and I was like, I think I can go for a Bond movie. And, like, I hovered over uh, You Only Live Twice. And I was <laughs> like... No, I can't. I said, I can't do it. So I just watched, I think I watched Octopussy for the 11,000th time. 
uh but like yeah i was like yeah it's it's tough so like if i if i yeah. if i see connor on tv i'm like i can't watch it i can't yeah. it's just i gotta i gotta keep it fresh for this and you know ready to when go the wheel says i can watch it yeah the wheel the wheel controls my life now exactly. I, I, I live and breathe by <laughs> the, the the connery wheel it makes the world makes the world go around <laughs> exactly so yeah i i don't know if i like i want to watch goldfinger I want to watch from Russia with love just to enjoy it, but I can't. I want to watch well, Last Crusade just to enjoy it, but I can't. Well, yeah, I mean, the that's... only ones I can do are go back to the ones we've already watched. I mean, that's the thing with with the with the Bond films. I feel like we could just record that if we wanted to. We could record that right this second because we've seen them enough. But like, All right, let's do it. Let's just start. Let's do it. Okay, this is from right, Russia with love. Let's do it. <laughs> But no, that time that time will come. It's gonna be a very special time when we hit those movies for sure. And uh, we hope you guys will join us for those amazing movies. We are enjoying the support. A lot of great people talking to us on Instagram and stuff, and uh, it's been fantastic. Some people uh, want to reach out. Uh, I'm sorry, we've had some people reach out that want to join us for some of the Bond ones, and uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, and if you if you guys want to be a part of the conversation, contact us. You guys can even if you don't even if you don't want to be recorded. Send us an email at connorycurious yeah. at gmail.com. Just like a question or like a comment Always or concern. Happy for feedback. Or like or like Paul Lally did send us a message from Beyond the Paul Grave. Paul Lally. Uh, he somehow communed with Sean Connery. Mario and Dylan. And I love that. Oh, like so good. He's so good. So Paul, good. Paul, reach out to us, man. Yes. Send send us another message. Let us know that you'd like to be on an episode. <laughs> We'd love to have you. Something, man. We love it. But um, all right, man. And yeah, and 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 I'm looking forward to to I I've been enjoying seeing all these weird films because sometimes I get so in a box of like I'm just gonna watch Bond films or I'm just gonna watch like the Halloween series for the 40th time or yeah now it's like I'm in the mood to watch Shalico or something yeah. it's like we're, we're widening our palette a little bit here so and learning a bit about film history too because holy cow learning about James Wong Howe like what an amazing cinematographer good right? lord I want to watch everything he's done now. Mm. And actually, if you read his story, it's very fascinating. Mm. Um, yeah, this has been a blast, Mario. As always, man. So I'm glad we're back at it. Me too, man. And guys listening at home, thank you for tuning in this week to Connery Curious. As always, I've been Mario Lima. And I've been Dylan Titus. And remember, folks, stay curious. Connery Curious. You've been listening to Connery Curious, a Titus Compositions and Friggeners Media podcast. Follow us on social media for updates, memes, and clips. Find us on Twitter at CuriousPod007 and on Instagram at Connery Curious. You can also visit Titus Compositions at Titus Compositions to hear other podcasts and original music, watch music videos, or even pick up a great vinyl record. For more discussion and content about your favorite films, comics, games, and a network for all things nerdy, visit Friggin' Nerds Media on Twitter, at Friggin' Nerds. You can rate, review, and share the podcast in-app, which helps us grow the show and reach the other curious conneries out there. Thanks for spending time with us, and have a great day, but also, remember, stay curious. Stay curious.